Let us pray. The greatest thing is to know that you are with us in this building. That you hear every word that we say and we sing. And I think you are smiling upon us because you are a, a Lord that wants us to have joy and to just enjoy life. Thank you, Lord, for being with us. Thank you that we may know that your presence is real. That you came because you care for us, because you deeply love us. You came because you know our individual life story. You know the things that brought us to this building today, and you also know sometimes the things that keep us from being here. Sometimes we, we wrestle with you a little bit because we do not or can't find the answers that we are looking for. But you continue to pursue us. Relentlessly you come after us calling our names, inviting us back into your fold, inviting us back to come and sit on your lap where you can hold us and help us. I pray, Lord, that today what we're going to do will continue to be to your glory, that the words I need to speak will be from you, that we may gather, O oh Lord, from this the knowledge, instruction, and courage to be the people that marches with the saints into a world that needs to know about the kingdom and the glory of God. Amen. So, in the middle of last month, I started with this sermon on the kingdom of God that's supposed to be one sermon. But the kingdom of God is way bigger than one sermon, so I'm now in number three. So um, uh, we had a two-week sort of commercial break between the last sermon and this one. So if you sort of want to know what I preached about before, it's all on YouTube. You can find the sermons there, uh, especially at night. If you can't sleep, you're welcome to go and watch those. And rest will come, I promise you. But just to remind you of what I said, I told you that the kingdom of God, and that's the topic for, for today, the kingdom of God is like the air that we breathe that surrounds us. Without the air that we have around us, we will not be able to be alive. The kingdom of God is the same. If God would withdraw him from us, we will not survive. We will not live. God is present all over around this planet in the lives of every single human group or person. God is here. Then I said air is invisible. We can't see it. We can't touch it. The only time when we know that there is air in a place is when it starts to move. That's what we call wind. And I call these breakthrough moments. So when air starts to move, we realize, okay, there's something happening, and then I can feel and sense the thing that's invisible to me. The kingdom of God, the same. The kingdom of God, as the Bible tells us, is not coming with things that can be observed, nor will it say, look, it's here. In fact, the kingdom of God is among you. Now, what are the breakthrough moments of the kingdom of God? Breakthrough moments are the moments when the word of God is proclaimed, like this. It's a breakthrough moment. The kingdom of God is very visible in all the churches around the world where the word of God is proclaimed or where anybody shares the word of God, where people read the word of God, where people actually pray and the Lord answers prayers and where lives are changed and people make biblical, godly decisions. The kingdom of God breaks through, becomes visible because that person is different. Is different. But the most important breakthrough moment of the kingdom of God, it's like the hurricane of air that moves, is when Jesus came. 
for the first time since Adam and Eve, God is actually standing among people. And that to me, man, I wish I could live during that time to see Jesus. It would have been amazing. Here is the Son of God standing among people. You can see Him, you can feel Him, you can touch Him, you can hear Him audible. The kingdom of God became visible. What was the meaning of this breakthrough moment? The meaning of this breakthrough moment was to, look at, to remind us that the only way back to God is through Jesus. He's the answer to all that happened in the Old Testament, all the sacrifices, everything that had to be brought was actually resolved in the coming of Jesus. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So, we have this pluralistic experience in a sense. We, we are living on this land, and then there's Jesus. And Jesus says, I, I come and I introduce you and invite you to a different kingdom that is also here, that is actually layered in between what you are experiencing in this world. And I actually have the keys to this kingdom. Because there's no way that you can get into the kingdom of God except through Jesus. So the fact that the kingdom of God is here doesn't mean that I'm in it. So you can be surrounded by it, but you may not be in it. So how do I get in it, is what Jesus came to invite us to. Only through him. But then we still have this, this thing that we live in a world that is surrounded by the kingdom. The world that we live in is the world that we call the United States of America. And today we are actually celebrating the birthday of our country. And I went and I read what was written in the uh, Declaration of Independence on July the 4th, 1776. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain un unaliable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. Now, the rest of the declaration is all, all about the monarchy in Britain, and they really had an issue with them. You can need to go and read this. They were really upset with the king. And that's why they decided that we should be on our own. You know, I always say the difference between South Africa and America is you guys won the war, and we lost the war at that time when we declared our independence from Britain. That's why I still have this accent, you see? Yeah. Still sound like James Bond. Yeah. Yeah, I always say, yeah, it's a license to kill. I've got a license to save. Yeah. So what this thing says is that the government is supposed to help us to have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I thought about America for a moment, and I realized that this is an amazing country that we all live in. I had the privilege to live in a different country for 40 years or 45 years before we came here, and I know that country well. And I've traveled to a few other places, and a number of you people have lived in different lands and countries. But at the end of the day, this is one of those countries that really tries its best to give us all the opportunities to be free and to have all the opportunities that, that we can have. This is one of the most interesting countries where you can be stupid. Uh, uh, you, can, you, you look at this guy, he's stuck there, 
uh, uh, you need an adult to get him out of there, and he's probably going to sue the county because he will tell them that thing is too small for him to crawl up through. Uh, I, I went to a website, lawfirm.com or whatever. They said, you know, somebody, a woman got $80,000 because she broke her ankle because she tripped over a toddler running around in a furniture store. The toddler was her own child. How does that work? A guy got $75,000, a thief, because he was stealing a hubcap off a car, and while he was stealing a hubcap gear, his hand was there, and a guy backed up over his hand. Then he sued the guy who ran over his hand while he was stealing a hubcap, and he got $75,000. Welcome to America. <laughs> One of the few places where you can really be stupid, you can sue, you can even win. But an amazing country. At the end of the day, I've said to my friends and colleagues in South Africa, it's one of the places in the world where I believe if you really want to do something, you can. This is a land of opportunity. If you really put your back into it and you work hard, it is possible for every single person who comes to this country to be successful. Because this country will open the doors for you to be able to be successful. But, but, I went to the CDC website. And I ignored all the COVID stuff for a moment. And I looked at some other statistics that you will find on the CDC's website itself. 2019, 47,511 people committed suicide. That's 130 people today will take their lives. 8,000 people. No, it's 80,000 people. Sorry, that's, that number is now wrong. But it's 80,000 people commit well, dies, dies of overdose deaths every, it's 222 every day. Divorce rate is at 49.7%. Homicides, 19,141. 53 people will be killed by someone else today. And at least 40 million people in our country are daily on anxiety medicine. A lot of people are on anxiety medicine because they've experienced a trauma. But you know how many people walk into doctor's offices with this statement, I'm anxious. Why are you anxious? The question is asked. Well, I can't deal with life. I can't deal with life. Life is too hard. Life is too difficult. It's too complex. In a country like America, you can't deal with life where there's so many options, there's so many ways that you can actually continue. So the problem here is that now, now, now we live in this land that gives you almost every single answer that you can get in this world. It's a country where you can get money from the government if there's a crisis. In the country in South Africa where my people lived, nobody got anything during this COVID crisis. Here they give you money to be able to survive. But I'm too anxious. We say there's, there's a different world, a different option. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in or steal. And yes, here is the most important sentence. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. That is the problem, I think. We are surrounded by people in our amazing country who thinks our country is the answer to life. 
where people believe that if I can just be successful in America, I will be okay. If I can live in a big house or have a great car or have a good life, a good salary or whatever, everything was going to be good in my life. And then you discover that people do not find what they are looking for. You can live in the best country in the world, and at the end of the day, when you lie in bed, there's something that gets to you. Your loneliness. And your question about life. And your question about your own mortality. Because at the end of the day, every single person at some point in his or her life thinks about the fact that I am not going to live for eternity. What then? What then? And how to deal with those that are dying around me because all kinds of things will happen with people around me. And then you are stuck. Because you look at this land that you're living in and you look at all the things that surround you and at the end of the day you do not have an answer. Now the Lord comes and He says, guys, I've given you a place to live in like He gave Israel. The promised land was a wonderful land with milk and honey. It was, it was one of the greatest lands where they could move into. But God said, this land of milk and honey will not be enough. You need me as God in your life. If your heart is only here on the level playing field, you're going to lose. Your heart needs to be somewhere else. And what is your heart in the biblical terms? Your mind. Your mind. How you think about life, how you think about God is extremely important in what you're going to gain from life and if you're going to make it through life. Then the Lord continues. Therefore do not worry saying, what will we eat or what will we drink? What will we wear for it is the Gentiles who seek for all these things. Indeed your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Important sentence. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all of these things will be given to you. It continues. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. I deal with people a lot that are stuck in this world. I deal with people a lot that can't look beyond what we have here and now. That are trying their best to find an answer among us. In the culture, in the government, in wise people, in bright people, in some academic writing or whatever. The problem is that people can't help people. We all of us are sinners. All of us just know what we have. We do not have the answer to our own issue because we are part, part of the problem, part of the issue. The only one that can step in and can heal us is God who's not involved with us. I've many times said a doctor cannot do surgery on himself and remove his own appendix. He will pass out. You need someone else that stands next to you that can remove from you what needs to be removed that you are going to be okay. And we are trying to get people to stand around us to do the work that they can't really do because they are exactly the same as us. And God says, I'm the answer. I'm the only answer. You live in a great country, in a great world, but I promise you this country and this world can't give you the answer you are looking for. So seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. So seek God first. And what does it mean? To see God. Seeking God just means to see God. 
to wake up in the morning and as you look at the sky and you look at the trees, you look at yourself, you see beyond what you can only see and say, I can see God in this. So if anybody would ask me, you know, if I see a tree, what do you see? I say, I see a tree, but it's something great that God has made. In the mornings when I go out for my run and I look at the sky, every morning I thank the living Lord that I can see the blueness of the sky above me because we've got an amazing planet that we live on. You see the clouds, you see the sun, you see all this beauty around us, and I thank the living God because I see beyond only what we see in nature. You, need, you and I need to see God. Because then I see beyond the only here and now. You need to accept this offer. God stands in and invites us to move into His kingdom. My first sermon, I told you, when you move into a new country, there are a lot of new rules that you do not know that you're going to discover as we did as a family. Had to drive to drive on the other side of the road, the wrong side of the road. Everything's different. I told you, my first sermon, I explained that a little bit. We need to accept this invitation of God standing and saying, Ferdy, you live in a great country, but I promise you without me, you will not find what you're looking for. Thirdly, to believe in Him. That's the key. The key is to believe that it's true what we find in the Bible about Jesus and about God. To actually believe the stuff when I leave this building. The problem is that many times we fragmentize our, our, our spiritual life in the sense that what happens here stays here. Like in Las Vegas, what happens there stays there. I hope nothing happens there that needs to stay there. But we can't fragmentize our lives. We, we, what happens here needs to be out there when I leave this place. The same faith I have here and the same praise I sing here, I must sing there. I really can't sing, but when I mow my lawn on the Thursday evening, I sing, praise the Lord, oh my soul. A neighbor came to me a while ago. He said, my wife likes your singing. I said, oh, I didn't know he, was, he could even hear me. I don't know if they attend church or not, but man, I was a reminder of God as I'm, I'm mowing my lawn. I only sing one song. I know half of the words, but that's okay. Poor woman, shame. But actually to believe, to believe, it's true. I'm almost done. Seek first his kingdom and righteousness. Seek the will of God. You see, as I, as I look at this land, this land will tell me to do A, B, C, and D, and this is how you should live your life, and it's formed by culture. And our culture is rotten. Then I have God who comes to me and says, Hey, Ferdy, you want to be Okay. You really want to make it in this world that I've given you to live in, then you need to follow my will in the way that you deal with your friends, your family, your finances, your work, your positions. Because if you allow me to give you the guidance in this and the direction in this, your life will be way better than it is now. Walk in obedience to all that the Lord your God has commanded so that you may live and prosper, prolong your days in the land that you will possess. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, will come to them. Make home with them. God living with you and me in this land. And the promises, if I'm vested in his kingdom, if I seek the kingdom of God every single day, beyond this life that I'm living here, I will receive or experience less anxiety. This whole chapter in this book that I'm actually using as a basis about simplicity, it's one word in my whole three, three sermon series. Do you know why? If you know God and you know His kingdom, your life will be simple. Because it's not about all the stuff and the rubbish around me anymore, it's about God. It's all about God.
Your complete trust will be in Him and you will experience the joy and the peace of the Lord. Of course, that's His promise that He wants to give us. Now, if you are unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. The gods of your ancestors served the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. For me, my household, we will serve the Lord, said Joshua. You see, that's the choice that I need to make every day. Not you, me, Ferdy. You see, every morning when I wake up and I turn on the news, I'm in this world. This world that's telling me how bad it's going, but also what to do. This world tells me I need to go and buy a car immediately because the prices are still going to go up. This world tells me immediately I need to go and do this and that, and I need to drink this and that, and I need to take this and that. This world constantly are telling me who I am, what I need to do, and what I need to have to be okay. And I need to step away mentally from that moment and ask so if this is what the word world offers what is it that God is asking of me today after I turn off the news or my TV how am I going to make his kingdom real in my relationship with my family my friends, my co-workers in how I'm going to deal with everything I've got today how am I going to alleviate my stress and anxiety today. If I only look at the here and now, I may not sleep tonight. But if I lie in my bed and I think about the God of heaven and earth that holds me in His hands like this, I will sleep. Because He says to me, trust me, Ferdy. You're a child of my kingdom. Therefore, I'm living in this land with you but we are all citizens of the kingdom of God. Amen.